Hello and welcome to our devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms. We are so glad that you have joined us today. We are looking today at a passage from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. Hear now the word of God. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they, had, if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human beings know what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within. So also no one comprehends what is truly God's, except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand these gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, first, a little background on this letter. Our modern-day Greece in the times of the New Testament was divided into two provinces, Macedonia and Achaia. These provinces were ruled by the Romans. The capital of Macedonia was Thessalonica, which is a place where I got to spend some time a few years back with my children's choir. Then Achaia's capital was Corinth, where Paul was. Corinth was known for being eccentric. A lot of freed slaves resided there. It was a city known for its openness with diversity. They had theaters, casinos, brothels, and temples. On this missionary journey, Paul stayed in Corinth for 18 months, somewhere between year 50 and 53. The congregation that Paul addressed was diverse, both ethnically and socially. Paul was converting Gentiles mostly, and many of the Corinthian Christians seemed to have come from lower classes, not, though, not all. 
we know that the letter to the Corinthians addresses a church that had a lot of conflicts. And most of these conflicts may have been caused by the fact that the church was composed of people from different ethnic groups, as well as varying economic classes. Hmm, interesting. Can we stop a minute and talk about how amazing it is to witness through Paul the beginning of the Christian church? If Jesus died in the early part of the years 30 of the common era, and Paul is concerned about all these things already about 20 years later, I'm just so impressed at the speed at which the church was built. Can you imagine the faith and the determination of Paul when he speaks of things that changed him instantly from a sinner to the devoted Christ follower that he became? And the speed at which they began to experience the same kind of issues that we still experience today. Even though we have solid doctrines, a strong and enduring creed that took a couple of centuries to nail down. And yet today, still people will leave the church for a reason or another. They will seek to find a church they identify with most because of a deviation in beliefs. The Reformed Church is constantly reforming, and we get to live at times with dilemmas that cause frictions and conflicts like it did in the year 0050. And Paul is speaking of a very recently crucified Christ to the church and a Christ who is still very alive for us today and who is also a figure from the ancient times to us. What a beautiful witness we have in the words of Paul, teaching how God is doing a new thing through Jesus Christ. One of Paul's concerns in this passage speaks of worldly wisdom. Imagine going from a world where philosophy, art, architecture, mathematics, worshiping several gods were central to people's lives, to learning, and then suddenly to learning about Jesus and trusting enough in Paul's teaching to transfer their full faith to Jesus. There were no TikTok videos available to be shared to the world to make Jesus known either. One community at a time, one church built at a time, hoping for the truth to be whispered accurately from one community to the next about Jesus and his sacrifice for us. So the worldly wisdom that Paul refers to is most likely the wisdom from acquired knowledge that these people had been surrounded with all their lives. And they now turn to this blind faith toward a man, the Son of God, who died on the cross for their salvation. They must now be taught by the Spirit rather than ancient writers, Plato, Homer, or Socrates. Can you imagine the kind of faith that was needed to make such a significant change to their lives? And can you imagine talking about this man who had died only about 20 years ago? We benefit today of the work of extremely intelligent and wise theologians we rely on people who have studied the scriptures for years and years. We have the writings of St. Augustine and Calvin and Kierkegaard. And we use technology when we want to read about theology. People have died for Christianity and they still do today in some parts of our world. And yet what has not changed is that we still continue to dwell more 
in the worldly wisdom, and we still at times fight about our faith. What keeps us from all agreeing what worldly wisdom are, what worldly wisdom are we attached to that guide our lives more than the wisdom of God? Are we attached too much to our human knowledge? Are we influenced by what we see online and on TV? Are we governed too much by others, forgetting to be guided by the Spirit? By adopting simple practices that keeps us connected with God before we begin our day and before we go into dreamland, we can be reminded to spend our day with God at the helm of our day with the Spirit guiding our steps. I encourage you to be thinking of this as you start and end your day, thanking God morning and evening for the encounters that you have had. I encourage you to ask how God is working through the news that you read or hear. These simple thoughts can help us move from worldly wisdom to feeling the spirit moving in the world. Let me know how it works for you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray that you are at the center of our days and that you are always there for us. And we pray that you use us as instruments of your peace in everything that we do in all our encounters. And we pray for your presence every second of the day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.